pleasure food. Starting at the local coffee shop, we crammed down grilled cheese sandwiches, of all things, at warp speed. After the sandwiches, I felt full, but stopping was not an option. No, by gosh, we were on a mission, a mission of avoidance, and central to that mission was eating ourselves senseless. That evening, we would stuff ourselves with large quantities of the naughty foods we denied ourselves the rest of the time. For a few short hours, I believed that binging would help me avoid feeling like a failure. I hoped that if I ate massive quantities of food, I would numb or avoid the powerful, messy emotions that left me feeling helpless, hopeless, and most of all, out of control. After the grilled cheese sandwiches, we sped off to our signature binging destination, Foster's, an all-night donut shop. Salivating as we peered through the window, our eyes met a confectionery vision of perfectly shaped, crueler soldiers nobly sacrificing themselves into an enormous vat of boiling oil. The flimsy sticks emerged seconds later, metamorphosed by the baptism, inflated to twice their original size. Then, for the piece de resistance, a pudgy, apron-clad man cavalierly scooped them up and deposited them onto sugar-encrusted racks. Although we were charmed by the array of beguiling donuts and crullers before us, Lisa and I remained loyal to our favorite treat, apple fritters. They weren't pretty. In fact, if you didn't know any better, you might take fritters for defective outcasts, the unfortunate result of a donut mishap. These misshapen, brown blobs looked more like weapons than donuts, crusty points jutting out in all directions. Only the sheen of their sugar glazing gave them away as purposefully designed treats. Fritters were not for the faint of heart. Only a truly intrepid binger dared indulge in these enigmas. When pierced, their strange outer crust revealed a soft, bread-like interior delicately veined with syrup-drenched chunks of apple. Somewhere, a donut genius had conceived the perfect taste and textural complement to a fritter's crusty outer shell. Suffice it to say that no Foster's run was complete without a box of fritters, and as a matter of principle, sort of a binger's code of ethics, fritters never made it home. Pretending to be throwing a party, Lisa also ordered boxes of warm, gooey donuts, casually tossing in comments like, Bobby loves this one. Tony wants that one. Let's get three of those. In order to divert attention from the embarrassing truth that our party was actually a party of two. Visits to Foster's were never casual. There was a frenzied hyperactivity to our trips there, and this night was no different. Laden with donut boxes, we headed off to buy pizza and ice cream. Two hours after we began our eating rampage, we triumphantly sped back to the dorm. At school, we went into stealth mode, transferring our booty from the car to Lisa's room undetected. 
After lining up our feast picnic style on the floor, we ate ourselves into oblivion. Rhythmically stuffing ourselves with a practice precision, we entered a food-numbed trance, anesthetizing ourselves from painful thoughts and feelings, pretending that we could escape life's disappointments. And there was some truth to this, because for some part of those few hours, we did escape. We did control our lives by exchanging emotional pain for physical pain, at least for the moment, until we had to face the triple whammy. The painful emotions that precipitated the binge, the guilt over the loss of willpower evidenced by the binge, and our imminent weight gain. Hours later, our binge wound down, and the food we'd longed for and fantasized about was now repulsive. Sleep arrived, mercifully sparing us any further protests from our swollen bellies. There we lay until daylight, stuffed and exhausted, trapped in a maze of boxes that revealed an array of half-eaten, waxy donuts and congealed pizza slices.